What's up, everyone? This is the Dot Daddy Podcast, and we are here with Sal Rodriguez from Renew SMP. How's it going, Sal? Thanks for coming on. What's up, Joe? So I met you at one of the SMP shows. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, the International Scout Show. Yep, yep. The one with Matt Iulo. And uh, so how long at that point had you been doing SMP? Oh man, that was uh, what? That was like almost two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, coming up on it. Yeah, yeah. I think I was doing it for about two years, two and a half years. Okay, nice. And so, who did you originally train with? Um, I originally trained with uh, John from Scalp Co Academy, John and Brittany. So, okay, Scalp Co Academy. Okay, nice. And then, did you do? Have you done any follow up trainings after that? I did. I did. I, I went back uh, and got my advanced training with, with John. And, uh, okay, like one-on-one? Yeah. Yeah, what I liked about it was that they don't just accept anybody. You have to kind of like earn that opportunity to, to go there for, for advanced training. Nice. And I want to ask you this. So did you get Scout Micro... First of all, when you're getting into the industry, did you first get SMP on your head and you're like okay, now I want to become an SMP artist? Or did you see Scout Micropigmentation say, hey, I can learn SMP and then I'll get us and then I'll get it on my actual head? Or how did that go? Yeah, no, I actually got SMP first. It was brought up to me by my cousin who got into the industry and he's the one that did my SMP and, uh, and I fell in love with it and I wanted to get into the industry myself. Uh, let me, I want to, can I back up a little bit more into your story? Oh, first of all, how old are you, Sal? I'm 39 now. Uh, I'm going to be uh, 40, be 40 in January. Okay, coming up, big 4-0. And did you grow up in California? You're like kind of near San Jose, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I grew up here, Monterey County, and uh, Salinas, Seaside. That's kind of where I grew up. Are you a surfer? No, I'm not. I've never surfed. No. Do you go to the beach a lot? Uh, I used to, but I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. A lot of the locals here, like me being a local, I don't really go to the beach a lot. Too touristy? Yeah, yeah. I, I used to when I was younger, but and when I used to train, I used to train and, and I used to always run or bike bike ride a, along the coast on the trail. But since I stopped okay. training, I, I haven't really been out there too much. Now, you're in the kind of like the middle of California, right? In, like Central Coast. Somewhere in the Okay. Yeah. So you've always grown up around the beach and, and all that sort of thing, the, the shore, palm trees. That's that's what you know? Mm-hmm. Beach I'm jealous. Yeah. What kind of work did you do before scalp micropigmentation? Yeah, I was a, I was a, a roofer. Oh, shit. That's hard fucking work, dude. Busted you were my a roofer? roof all day, shingling in the hot sun. It's brutal. Yeah, man. I, I, I've always been in the trades before I got an SMP. I was always in construction. I'm not afraid of hard work. I'm, I was used to it. This is, I uh, love that. Yeah, this is a lot different, but uh, I, you know, I love it. I get, I get to work indoors, get, get AC, get to listen to music. <laughs> you know, so I appreciate what I do. I love what I do. Good. And so let me ask you about the roofing. So how many years did you do that? And how, and how did you even learn how to roof? Did you just find the job or was it like your, your dad or cousin or somebody brought you on one day? 
Well, yeah, uh, my brother-in-law, it was kind of hard for me to find a job because of my background, but I was doing it for five years and I was able to get into roofing through a recommendation from my brother-in-law because he was a roofer and they didn't run background. So he gave me an opportunity. Do you want to go into your background? I mean, well, sure. Well, why why was it hard for you to find a job with your background? Did you did you get in trouble or something with the law or paperwork? Yeah, or? yeah, no, I uh, I had a uh, quite a bit of drunken publics and DUIs, so I okay. I'm a I'm a recovered alcoholic. You're sober. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, it was it was pretty tough for me to get a job because um, I could never pass pass background checks. And that's all drinking related, related to drinking? Yeah, yeah. I have no felonies or anything like that, but it was just an extensive uh, amount of, you know, things on my on my criminal record, which is like I have like uh, four, four or five drug publics, two DUIs. You know, it was pretty bad. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. Let me ask you, I want, because I like to know about the people. What do you think caused, what do you think caused you to have, the drinking problem, was it because you were just having fun and it spiraled out of control? Was it isolated incidents? Did something dramatic happen and you just kept drinking or? Uh, yeah, so I had a son when I was 24. Uh, I'm sorry, 23. And uh, he passed away. He was almost two years old. And he passed away. Uh, a TV had fell on him. He was climbing. And it was an accidental death. And, uh, and so, you know, worst day of my life. And, uh, and that was very traumatic for me. And, uh, and then like my girlfriend at the time, she left me like a week later, uh, for another guy. And so, uh, I, you know, I lost my, my son, I lost my girl, and I lost my home. And, um, and and then uh, yeah, and then so I just lost everything, and and then with that it was uh, I started drinking a lot, getting into fights, not caring about myself, uh, just wanting to, you know, uh, just I was just wanting I didn't care, you know, just getting into fights for no reason, just punching people randomly was kind of stupid. Like, I was out of control, you know. And uh, get getting into trouble, falling asleep in restaurants or on sidewalks, and it was just it was bad, you know. Um, so that's kind of like how my alcoholism took off. It's because I just I was uh, depressed and I felt lost, and uh, and and um, and I continued on that for a couple years, and then. Uh, and then I just decided I was I just tried to to do something about it. So I got a job and I was able to uh, to maintain that job. And that job kind of kept me going, but I still drank. I was like drinking on the weekend still. But that that, that job I did was I did hardwood floors for five years, and I was proud of myself that fact that I was able to hold down a job. And uh, but I was still drinking, still getting in trouble. <laughs> And, uh, and then it just came to a point where, uh, when I got, when I went to jail for my last truck in public, I just, I told myself like, this is, 
this is uh, this is it. You know, that I, I don't want I don't want to do this anymore. So I just, yeah, I just decided to to do something about it, to quit. You know, but it, it stemmed from my alcoholism. Some alcoholism stemmed from me losing my son and my girl at the time. I'm so sorry, man. I I as a dad, I think about that all the time. And I've only talked to a few people that that's happened to, and that's, it's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible thing. And I don't think anyone would be mad at you. Uh, in fact, a lot of people find, probably find it justified that you resorted to drinking and only drinking. I mean, I probably would have been worse. I don't, I have no idea how I would handle that. Uh, I don't know if I'd ever bounce back the way you have. It's absolutely fucking terrible, dude. Seriously, I'm so sorry that that happened. Yeah. So when you got, I guess, you you lose your girl and all those horrible things happen, you, uh, how, first, can I ask how long you went to jail for? Uh, each time I went to jail for a couple of days, they just threw me in a holding tank, one or two days, three days. Uh, even for the DUIs, I got out. I did like two, three days each time had to pay all these fines and take all these classes, you know, the, the, the 18 months to get my license back, pay all the fines off. Oh man, that was a lot. Yeah. But I, but I did it when I was roofing, I, I would use my uh, tax return to, to pay it. So I would just throw it all on, on my, uh, on my DUI fine. I know about, I know all about that, man. Hey, if that's what you gotta do, take a big chunk off and it works. That's what you gotta do. Right? Yeah. What, made you turn it around like what happened that you were like you know what i gotta i gotta stay sober yeah so i i just i noticed that my life was going downhill really fast and i had to pump the brakes and do do something and make a change before it was too late for me because the road that i was going on i was either going to end up dead or in jail and i didn't want that for my life so i wanted better for my life so i i, I made a decision to just stop and i stopped uh cold turkey of course with um with the lord's help and i went through uh, some counseling uh aa some family support really it, it's just it was the desire to want better for myself and i know that i knew that that if i continued on that path that it was not going to be good for me thank you for sharing that what was the hardest part of quitting cold turkey? Because I hear it's it's pretty brutal. The hardest part for me was just it was a whole lifestyle change. You know, just not hanging out anymore, not drinking, not going to the places that I was going to, not hang around the people that I was hanging around. I had to learn how to just how to be again. You know, and you know what what happened was that day that I decided to quit, I went outside, got on my knees, and I prayed and I asked the Lord to rid me of this disease, break that chain, to teach me how to be a better man. And, and he did. After that, I had like something changed inside of me. I started going to church every Sunday, voluntarily. No one, no one forced me. I started going to counseling by myself, voluntarily. I started to go to AA voluntarily by myself, just keeping that momentum. And, and, and that's what I've done ever since. Um, of course, after the, the first year I stopped going to AA because I felt like I was strong enough to maintain my sobriety on my own. But 
yeah, everything changed the way I walked, the way I talked, the the list, the music I listened to, the clothes that I wore, people I hung around. You know, I just uh, I felt that change, and and I, I give you know I give the glory to God for that for sure. And also you, I mean, you did all the work. You're the one. You're the one fighting the battle every day, right? But I'm glad that you're able to recognize that, and you have found uh, a way to move forward and to have a new light and a new hope and a new mission, you know, changing lives, recreating airlines, being your own boss. Yeah. So do you still have that urge? No, no, I don't. It's completely gone. Yeah. I, I, I can, you know, I, I like to sing and have fun sometimes. So I, I go like karaoke and, uh, oh, okay. yeah, I'll go to karaoke and, and sing a little bit. And so I'm at the bar and I'm around alcohol, but it, it doesn't bother me. I have no temptation whatsoever. And they're less likely to judge, right? Yeah. Is it everyone's drunk and you're the sober guy getting it in? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's awesome. I like karaoke too. It's fun. Some people, you know, it's not their cup of tea, but I, I think it's fun. Yeah, it's a good time, man. It's a way to let loose, right? Um, but thank you for sharing that. All right, Sal. So you got sober, you went to the AA meetings, you're doing all these different things to keep yourself occupied, but I mean, you look pretty physically fit. What what else are you doing? Yeah, so I, you know, I thought like, man, what do I do now? So I kind of thought about it like, I want to get back into shape. How I was uh, like in high school and middle school. You know, I was playing pop Warner football, things of that that nature. I was pretty good at it. So I was like, you know, I want to go back to being an athlete. So I just I started running a lot and exercising a lot, and and then uh, I got into like these uh, runs and races, like Spartan runs. Uh, once I did one Spartan race, I just got like addicted and uh, I love the challenge. Uh, I love to push myself and see what I can do. So I did like multiple Spartan runs and trifectas. And then after that, I said, well, okay, well, what's next? So I got into uh, triathlons and I did one oh, triathlon. Shit. Yeah, I did one triathlon and then I tried another one and I said, okay, what's next? And then I said, and and then so I did a half Ironman and then uh, I said, okay, well, let's, let's do a half Ironman, see if I can complete that and completed that. And I said, okay, well, let's, let's go for the full one. You know, when I did the full one, completed that. And, and then now I've completed four of them. My last, my last Ironman I completed was 2019 and that's, uh, you know, the COVID hit and then I had my kids and the business and everything. So I kind of like got busy with the kids and business and things of that nature. So, uh, I haven't done one since 2019, but uh, looking at that's go. incredible, man. Four Ironmans. I mean, just break it down for people. What's it? 2.5 mile swim. Yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, you start off with a with a 2.4 mile swim, hop on the bike for a 112 mile bike ride, and then after that you transition to the run, which is a 26.2 mile uh, full marathon. Full marathon after you you bike 112 miles. And you swim 2.4 miles, and then this guy's running a marathon. Which marathon pace, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, which which marathon? The like the running, the 26. Like what's your uh, mile pace? Oh, like how much? Uh, what do I run in a Is mile? Like an eight minute mile, ten minute mile? Yeah, like eight, like uh, yeah. So I was uh, I don't remember, man, but I was pretty. Again, you got to think about. I was swimming for two and a half. I was swimming for two hours, and then I was bike riding for eight hours, and then. I hit that that started on a 26.2 mile run right after that. So I think I was doing like eight to nine minute miles. Dude, I can't do that. Just not 
swimming and biking. It's impressive. It's super impressive. The, the hardest part I would say about the Ironman was the swimming part. The swimming, because you're you're in the water for two hours, man. There's no there's no stopping, no breaking. Like, hey, hold on, let me let me just float in the paddle in the water and take a break. No, you have to go the whole time. And you, it's it's like you're swimming and then you go you go around this little cone right when you get out of the water and it's just to go back and do a whole, whole another hour lap. My my laps were about an hour. But these guys out there, man, these guys professional triathletes, they did it in an hour, man. These guys they're tall, slender, slim, young. Man, they're monsters out there, man. And so I was for me it was just it was just I want to just complete it. You know, I know I'm not going to win it, but I just want to complete it, you know, and I did. It's a real accomplishment. I'm not even kidding, dude. I mean, that's, it's incredible. You did four of them. I yeah, can't well, even bring myself did, to do a, ma a marathon, bro. I, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, yeah, I did four of them, but I, I didn't pass one of them. I failed. Them. Did you get injured? I, no, I just didn't make the cutoff time by, I missed it by like seven minutes from, the swim, I completed the 2.4 mile swim. I completed the 112 mile bike ride, but from the transition from the bike ride to the to the run, I was five minutes shy of the cutoff time. So I, they just stopped me. I was like, "Hey, man!" And everyone behind us and then and, and behind me, and they're like, "Man, sorry, you guys can't, you can't uh, continue. You know, try again next year." They don't let you just finish just to see your time. No, no. And, and so what happened was that. The, the triathlon bike that I was using, the bike that I was using was a little bit too big for me. And so it was really, it was really hurting my behind, man. It was like making it hurt, like swollen. So I had to stand up and I was standing up bike riding for like the last 30, 40 miles doing it like that. So it really slowed me down. So the next following year, I went and got me a, a custom triathlon bike, you know, kind of made for, for my, for my height. And so it was just, it went, went a lot smoother, but that was really what, what it was that you know I, I failed uh i didn't make wow time yeah you, you you didn't get the run did you try to do the run anyway like move to get or you just were like no Fuck it. It, no no um no but it was kind of crazy because my girlfriend at the time uh the plan was to ask her to marry me at the finish line and i didn't and then i didn't make the i got i didn't make the cutoff time so i didn't get to complete the race and then so my friend had the ring and he's like, and I was like, man, the mission of work, man. I, so that sucks. But the next <laughs> following year, yeah. And so the next following year she came with me and I, I and she, she, she got to see me redeem myself. And I, and I was like, I told you I can, I can complete it. I told you I can do it. Did you propose? Yeah. Yeah. At the following year or when did you do it? Uh, no, I actually proposed to her that, that evening. When I you see, that's what I was thinking. I wasn't, I was like, did he hold the ring for a whole year? <laughs> like, they no, that the my, friend, my friend that had the ring suggested that to me. And he's like, man, why don't you just do it next year? And I was like, nah, dude, uh, that's too far. I was like, I'm going to ask her tonight for dinner. And I was like, you know what? I'm still a winner. Still got my friends here. Still got my fiance. I gave my best out there. And so I asked her. Damn right, man. Damn yeah. right. I, I know I would have bugged the shit out of me too. That's that's it. Truly incredible. You did all. Let me ask you something. What was the hardest part of your training? They said the swim was hard, but like, were you doing it five days a week, six days a week? Was it the eating? I trained probably like three days a week. Three days a week, and 
I would do, I would just stay consistent with my run and workout. Um, you know, running either a three mile run or a six mile run. Um, once in a while, probably one or twice a month, I would throw in a long run, like a 12, like a half marathon, like a 12 to 15 mile run. Um, I would bike ride 30, 30, 40 miles, sometimes 60 miles um, uh, during the week, maybe two, three times a week, uh, things like that. So it was just maintaining the, my strength in my, in my legs and, and uh, keeping my cardio up. I would run with the elevation mask. I would run trails around here uh, with the elevation mask on me and uh, sometimes a weight vest and I'd just be running beasting out there. Yeah, so I, I would just say, but the most important thing is you want to stay fueled out there, properly fueled. So, you know, stay up on your carbs, your sugar, have some sodium on you, you know, goo packs, things things like that, so have some bananas. You know, that's, that's the most important thing, so stay fueled out there. That's how to, how to, how to keep yourself fueled. As long as you're, you're, you keep yourself in shape and your muscles strong, and your cardio and your, if your lungs are you're good and the cardio's up, then it's all out there. It's all about just staying fueled. As long as you stay fueled and uh, you, you'll be all right. Because you're burning a lot of calories, right? Yeah, you're burning a lot of calories. You're out there, you're, you're out there looking like Bane. No, I look like Bane in the training for the in preparation for the Ironman because I'm out there with the running the trails with my elevation yeah. muscle. And my weight vests hitting the heels, man. Just... Dude, that shit's no joke, man. Seriously, that's an incredible accomplishment. Anyone listening to this, Iron Man's no joke. It is no joke. I mean, just think about it. Think about you physically going out there and running two miles, okay? Just two miles, how it makes you feel. And then add 24 to that. And then add a 112-mile bike. And then swimming for two hours, 2.4 miles. And open water. I'm assuming it was open water, right? You weren't in a pool? Well, no, it was in the Santa Rosa. I did the Santa Rosa Ironman. So it was at a lake. So it was Okay. Nice. Yeah, but uh, I did do the half Ironman in Santa Cruz at Beach Boardwalk. We had to swim from one side of the the uh, wharf to the other opposite side. Swim around it, basically. And uh, Wow. Yeah. And so that was Char water. Yeah. A lot of sharks out there. Shark. It was, it was yeah, kind of scary. Dude. I was just, I was just like, hey man, I gotta just stay in the middle of the pack, you know. And the, the Let me meet them first. <laughs> yeah, water was murky and brown, and it was just like, man, I, I was just trying not to imagine a, a great white just coming out of out of the water. Just, <laughs> dude, and there's a lot on the west coast. Yeah, but up you, here we don't. There in Massachusetts they have them, but not really in Delaware. Yeah, was that going through your head the whole time? Like the the shark I, thing, yeah, it was definitely. I was thinking about it, man. It was it was it was kind of scary, man. But you can't you can't show that fear out there. You know, yeah. you just gotta go out there and do it, man. Especially when you're uh, when you're getting ready to go out there and you guys are waiting for like the the gun to go off. It's like you you're you're dealing with all that fear and nerves at that time. Like I can't believe I'm doing this. And then once that once that trigger, it's like even if you're scared or you're you're nervous, you still have to go into the water. You know, so it's just like, just do it. You just do it and just go. That's what all the training is for. You know, you just kind of rely on your training and you go out there and crush it, man. That's what I did.
Yes, you did, man. Thank you for sharing that. That that's incredible. That's definitely a way to to stay sober. You start doing that stuff. I have a friend who's he's doing something similar, and uh, maybe I'll have him on. But that thank you for sharing that. I mean, I hope to one day maybe get to that level of training like you, Sal. That's that's incredible. Well, I see. I see what you're doing, man. You're doing ice baths. Man, you're in good shape too, and man, you can do it. I know you can do it. I'm not a stamina guy. Give it a shot, man. I'm not a stamina. I'm too heavy to do. I'm like 210. I'd have to. If my running weight would have to be like 170, you know, something like that. But yeah, I I'm inspired by people like you who who do that stuff. I really do. I anybody I talk to who does a triathlon, I have so much respect for them. I mean, a lot of people brush it over, but I I understand the amount of discipline and training that really goes into that shit. It's no fucking joke. Yeah. So did were you uh are you dating anyone now? Or are you single? Are you just staying single? Yeah, I'm, I'm single. I, I okay. have my my two boys. Okay. How old are they? They're uh two and three. Two and three? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So my I'm sure you saw I my son will be three and then uh, I have my daughter. So little ones running around, it's uh sure you go home and it's chaos. Yeah, and they're my joy, man. They're my everything, my world. I do everything for them. I love them so much. And uh, I thank the Lord that he's blessed me with two two more boys. Yeah, yeah, that, that's amazing. That really is amazing. And is you? do they ever come to the studio with you? Uh, they they did. They did come here when I had my grand opening. Let me ask you this, because um, I think I, I, I forgot. I missed this one. You're a full-time SMP artist, right? You don't work you don't do roofing or construction on the side this is what you do yeah and how long did it take you to get to that point say about i'd say about a about a year wow that's good yeah. that's really good yeah and it was uh it was after COVID, when covid first hit because i got into the industry in 2019 the beginning of 2020 around that time is when i made that transition into full-time smp artists it was just right after the uh, shelter in place. I remember. That's that's when I quit my job roofing, and I went into doing SMP full time. It's a rough time to start, too. Yeah, it was it was during a tough time, and but you know what? I, I was to my surprise. I was, uh, you know, I was really, I was really busy at that that year, at that time. Me too. Surprisingly, I wish it uh, wish it would have stayed that way. It's been the other ones that I think everybody got their checks and they were like, let me go get a hairline. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. definitely seen some downturn in 2023. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, from everyone I've talked to who's been in it for a couple of years, I definitely noticed that there's been a drop in 2023. Yeah. This, this year has been, you know, the, my, I would say probably my slowest year out of all the years I've been doing SMP, to be honest. Yeah. Yep. You know, I see that you're you're not alone, man. You're not alone. Just stick it out. I don't want you to give up. I don't want this to yeah. close down. I know you don't want to go back to roofing. No, but I'll do what I have to. But no, I love S and P, and you know, I'm I'm doing all that I can. Um, when did you? So when you were started it, I'm, I assume you just. When did you get this? Uh, your current location? Were you doing it out of your house for a little bit? No, no. I I uh, when I started out. I found a friend, uh, I consider her friend now, but I found a woman. At first, I kind of gave up after, because I couldn't find anything. And, and then I found this this place right when I was about to just give up. I was like, I couldn't find any place 
but I found this lady. She was willing to give me a, a room, rent me a room. And I did a room share with her. She had a, she had like a brow loft. Um, she had a room that she did microblading in and I would share that room with her. Um, so we would kind of coordinate each other's uh, time to work around each other's uh, schedule. And that's where I started. And, uh, and I would roof, I would roof it uh, all day. And then I would schedule my clients in the evening and do evening sessions in that little room, in that little microblading room. Yeah, and that's where I started out. And uh, I was pretty busy. You know, I, I get some big guys in there sometimes too. And it's, <laughs> be in there all trying to squeeze and trying to squeeze in there. But, uh, you know, and then after that, uh, I moved into another location down the street. Uh, I had a barber shop reach out to me. They told me that they really liked what I do and they'd be interested to have me there at their location. And I like the fact that she was, it was a bigger room. I would have my own room and I can remodel it however I wanted to. So I jumped on that and then I was there for about two years. And then I've been here now, I don't know, almost, almost a year now. This wow. Another... Congratulations, man. Thank you. It's a big accomplishment when you're able to have your own space and you don't have to negotiate when the other person's coming in and renting their table and all that crap. And it's like, well, I got a guy at this four o'clock and so do you. So who gets to use it? You know, that whole deal. Mm -hmm. um, I know I can't help but notice the sign. And I see these advertisements for signs and I've asked one person and then I got 50 emails about the freaking signs. Who who did your sign on the wall right there? Uh, you know what? I can't think of the, the company's name right off the head right now. They're expensive. I know that at least the ones that I was looking at yours looks, that looks really expensive. Yeah, man. I think I paid like four for it. Well, Worth it. Looks great. Looks fucking awesome. I, it's I, legit know, I, I shit. Just said, uh, when I got this, this new location that I, you know, I wanted to kind of upgrade everything, you know, go all out. So I like the, um, I, I, I was looking on, I was looking at your page earlier, getting re-familiarized with everything. And I saw you have that, uh, it's like white bricks, but they're not bricks. That paneling behind your TV, I love it. And you have like the blue light behind it too. Looks really, really nice. Did you do yeah. that? Yeah, I did. Appreciate it. Yeah, it looks super professional. So do you have, is there, is it just you in your studio now? Or is there anybody else? Are you renting a room to anyone or how's that work? It's just me. It's just me. Good. When I was, uh, when I was, in that that room in, in Salinas, I remember getting a couple of inquiries for training and I didn't have anything set up. And on top of that, I wanted to give myself a little bit more time because I was like three years, into, uh, two and a half. I was like two years, two and a half, three years. And I felt like I wasn't ready to start training. So I would turn people away, recommend them to another place. But at that time, I said, you know what, I need, I need a, I wanted to kind of get some more time under my belt, some more experience before I start training. And on top of that, the room that I was in was too small. I was like, I can't train people in here. So that's what really kind of got me looking into a bigger place. And that's why I wanted to get a bigger place so that I can start getting, so I can get into training. Training is uh, its own, its own animal. Uh -huh. Yeah, it is. I know, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, at the first place I was, I remember getting asked to do training and I felt like I was too inexperienced. And then I remember starting the training and being like, oh shit, this is a lot more work and different type of work. 
and uh, and then you feel obligated. You want your students to be successful. When I say feel obligated, I mean you want to have everything prepared, right? You want to have yeah. a nice setup. You want to, you know, you want it to be official. You want them to get their money's worth, and they should. And so that's that's smart. You waited because not everybody does that. Yeah, I wanted to wait till I felt like I was ready, and then I wanted to wait until I had a, a proper facility for them uh, and for myself uh, to 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 get some really quality good training. Good. What needles are some of the ones that you mainly work with? My my go to are the the O eight O threes. O eight O three. Okay. That's like, yeah. That's the needle I mainly use. Sometimes I'll, I'll use an 0603 once in a while, an 0403 um, when I'm doing finishing touches on the hairline or something. And what brand? Uh, I use uh, 5 p.m. 5 p.m.? Okay. Yeah, I, I, okay. Since day one, since I've started, I've used nothing but 5 p.m. Okay. Shout out to 5 p.m. I was, I was trained using 5 p.m., still with 5 p.m. Great, great pigment, great needles, great everything. You know, shout out to John, man. So yeah, I'm still, you know, I've been doing this four and a half years, and you know, my goal, dream mine, is to hopefully make his his pro team. Yeah, good. I'm sure you. I'm sure you'll get on there. I'm sure you'll get on. You're killing it, by the way. I look at your work. You're doing really well. Thank you. Um, what do you think? How, first of all, let me ask you this: since you're an established artist, how many sessions do you typically do? I typically do. I I quote everybody at three sessions. Right. Yeah, I and then if I have to do a fourth session, I'll do the fourth session. How how are you right. doing it? So what I like to do is I do the three initial set sessions for full treatment. And then uh if if it if it goes into a fourth one, I, I don't really like to charge them. So I'll say, Hey man, look, if you if you need a fourth session, just let me know. I'll come, I'll take care of you. And that's just Good. how I do it. Because for I me, agree. I agree. I do the same point, thing. For me at that point, it's not even about the money. It's about, hey, let's get them where Let's let's get you where you're, where you're going to be. You know, if we need to do another fourth session, then I'll do a fourth session, and that's on you. I like to hear that. I really do. So that's that's good. I'm very similar in that way. I mean, I've even done five sessions. I want the picture. I want it to look good, yeah, right? And some people tell me that they went home and they took care of it, and guess what? They didn't. You know, and so they come back, and I'm like, "Why are you using a razor? I told you not to use a razor." Or they went did this sometimes. Oh, you went out in the sun like two days after your treatment got sunburned and then it's all patchy and shit, you know? So then I have to, I'm forced. I got to do it. I got to do an extra one. Yeah. But I worked it out with each, each person, each individual person that, you know, we have a specific deal. What it, for you, what's the hardest part of the procedure? Is it the hairline? Is it a natural hairline? Is it the blending? What, what do you think is the most difficult part? Um, the most difficult part. For me, I would say just just getting the hairline design on them, making sure that it's perfect. The procedure itself, when I'm working on them, it's it's smooth, man. I'm just like, I'm in my zone, and you know, I know how to seamlessly blend into the existing hair, work around the hairlines, either wh whether it's a a lineup or a broken hairline. You know, I love doing broken hairlines, hard lineups. I do it all, but I would say. The hardest thing for me is just making sure that, that the hairline is it's perfect and you know it's not crooked or anything like that. And so I'm always double checking my measurements and kind of I kind of get that from my carpentry experience, roofing experience. You always gotta measure twice before you make your cut. cut. You know. Measure twice, cut once. Yeah. I agree it's a pain in the ass, especially a straight line edge up. It's uh 
it could take me 30 minutes sometimes to get that thing drunk. Yeah, because I don't use that. Some some of these guys that use that gun and the laser gun and I am trying to buy it. I please somebody sell me the laser gun. I don't care. I don't care if it's cheating. I don't care. I don't <laughs> laser thing. I, I know I, I kind of look at it that way too. Like it's kind of cheating. Like, no, nah, man, I I wanna I wanna be able to do it myself without having to use that machine, you know? It is, it is. But uh if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Uh, I finally figured this. out where to get it, but then uh, it's somewhere in my my files. I don't know. I gotta look, but I was like, yeah. "Will you send it to me after we're done?" Yeah, I'll if look. You I'll find look it, it up. No, no rush. Whenever yeah, you get a chance, I, I, no I found, rush. Yeah, I found out where to get it, and, and I'll send it to you. It's like some guy secretly making these and not doesn't want to sell them or something, or maybe it's going to be ridiculously high. You know what I mean? Because I don't expect it to be too expensive, but I know they're going to freaking jack the price up. Whatever. Because he knows where we want it. Uh, let me, since you brought this up, the blending, um, you said you know how to blend in there good. But for, for people who are a little less experienced, you got any tips on blending? What, what do you do? I would just say take a, a, don't, don't over, don't add too much density when blending. You know, you have three sessions to add that, that density, you know, slowly um, over those three sessions. So, that's what I like to do is, you know, I don't go too crazy. I don't add too much density when I'm blending. I add just, just uh, like, you know, like your, your first session, right? You, you get your, your dots pretty spaced out. So I, I kind of use that approach, step back. And I kind of look at it from different perspectives, see if there's any, any gaps in there you know, that I can touch on. And then, uh, yeah, and, and, and then that's what I do. I just, I kind of hit the brakes when I'm, when I'm blending, you know, I don't want to, over overpopulate the areas where it has where where he has existing hair because then it's not going to look right. Agreed. Are you left-handed? I am left-handed. Do you find it difficult uh, to do SMP as a left-handed person? Is I mean that's all you know, but is there any challenges like when you're working the hairline because it's a little bit different? Do you do front facing? Yeah, uh, I see some a lot of these artists they work on their clients like having them lay down and they're doing it from the top from from above them. I've never done any of my treatments like that. I've always had them in in the massage chair and I'm always face facing them forward here. And uh, it, it's never been an issue with me me being left-handed. Okay. So, yeah. Where are you getting your leads from? Are you, is it your website? Is it your SEO? Is it Instagram? Is it Google, YouTube? How how are you getting them in? Uh, most of my leads come from Instagram. I get some from Google. Some are some are from recommendations, referrals, things like that. Once in a while, I'll get a I'll get a message on my website. But but most now, of my you... I would say most of my leads are from Instagram for sure. Okay. Um, for your website, have you been um, full disclosure? I felt like I was taken advantage of at one point for leads in the beginning, and that was just me trying to rush the process i'll say have you did you sign up for any companies uh, uh you know any of that kind of thing that like, like a, uh a digital marketing company yeah like a digital like, marketing like, seo like, company like that. that only works with s&p artists that what you ask we could say that or just a company that does that in general yeah i tried one before did it work uh i'll just say i even out okay so you're no longer working with that company company now 
Okay. It just didn't work out for me. I mean, maybe it's still they they have you know uh, other clients that are it's working for them, but it wasn't for me. You know, I I don't know if it was the company itself or maybe the economy, but I, I gave it a I gave it a good shot. It was it was during a tough time in the economy though, and that's why I reached out because I was like maybe there's something that I'm not doing that's not working. So let me let me reach out and see maybe if there's something that they're doing that's different. You know, I was just barely able to even out. Okay. Are you using all? Are do you use TikTok? I do. I do use TikTok, but I, 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 don't, like I don't. I don't really know the the algorithm algorithm thing is is pretty tricky. I mean, I post there just as, as consistently as. I do on IG, but I seem to not get as people don't really traction. Like I think, yeah, traction, tra traction. Um, I think of my last post, I only got like 100 views. So it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I'm one of those people who's paranoid that the Chinese account. are stealing all my stuff. So I'm yeah, I'm still it. Hey, at least you're trying now. Yeah, I feel like I'm completely missing out. At least you're you're doing it. I also thought now, when you're on there, is is it a bunch of? I always thought it was a bunch of little kids, but then people, other people I talk to, is like, no, it's not. Yeah, I thought that at first, but now I I kind of see it as you know, it's a valuable resource, you know, to to anybody, you know, if you use it the right way, and that's how I kind of look at it now. But again, you know, I, I can't really get it down. You know, I'm still I'm still trying. I'm posting. You know, and then one thing I always think about is like these people are like all over the world, all over the nation. I'm how do you, how do you target market TikTok without having to pay for ads or something? So that's that's something that I'm still trying to figure out. I think we all are. I would. I mean, even with you know Instagram posts, it's like obviously we can pay to boost a boost a post. We all do that, right? But then it's like, and then you got your the local people who see it um but it'd be great if somehow the instagram reel not not just a post like an instagram reel went to just the local area i guess first maybe um without boosting it because obviously you can boost it and say okay i just want delaware new jersey maryland you know i could do that and, and you could do your area uh but it would be nice to just not have to pay for the for the super boost, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I hear I, you know, I tried out the boost and boosting just it's a waste of money. And then uh, if you're gonna wanna if you're gonna wanna advertise, you wanna go through Meta and uh, advertise that way on Instagram. It's more major key, people. What Sal just said is a hundred percent accurate. You wanna go through the Meta. Boosting is just a Cheap, easy way to do it, but Meta is where it's at. Create the whole thing, the campaign, and everything. Now, is that what you're doing? Do you do it yourself, or do you have somebody else doing it? No, I do everything myself. So, and, you know, I have to put in the time to learn it, to to uh, play with it, and learn it, and try new things, and experiment. And so, I do everything myself. Uh, my marketing, advertising, content, everything, everything I put out is, is it's all me. 100%. That is the best way to know when you do hire someone, if they're trying to fuck you or not, right? Yeah. It's like, Hey, I, I did this. <laughs> yeah. And then they get, they get these, uh, some, some of these guys are, you know, reach out to me and they're like, Hey, I'll take care of your, uh, take care of your marketing campaigns. I'll take care of your, your, your Facebook ads, Instagram ads. And, and, 
there's there's something that you're not doing it's you know that that we can do for you and it'll increase your your leads by this this much and i'm like okay he's just trying to sell me and i was like i i'm pretty sure i'm doing everything the right way you know so it just but it's it's sometimes it's tempting because i'm like well maybe if i if i hire him he will get me those leads or something but i always hold back and i say man you know what i'd rather put in the work and learn the stuff myself and do it myself you know because then i can be able to go in there and and look look at everything myself and understand what i'm looking at yeah because the more information you have the more the better questions you can ask you ever sign up for one of those um free uh facebook marketer expert meetings you ever do that no well you can and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a tip and anybody listen. I felt like I knew more than the person I was on the phone with. And I've had like six of these meetings and they're free. You probably spend enough money, like you, I guess you spend a certain amount of money, they give you free, free meetings. And I've gone on here and I've been trying to change the person that was assigned to me, and they won't they won't change it. She gives me fake names and numbers to escalate. That's a that's a side note. But you can definitely meet with a marketing, I say marketing experts in quotes, because you doing all the research, Sal, I guarantee you know a lot more than these people. They, what they can tell you though, is some of the like tools and shit that they use, which is nice. But in regards to strategy and the way uh, the content creation and the way the creatives are supposed to look, I guarantee you know more than they do. But it's worth a shot. I I, I do Ch- check it out. It says like up in the corner, request marketing call or something shit like that. Are you talking about Google or are you talking about no Meta? Facebook? Facebook. Facebook. Yep. Facebook. Yep. Okay. Okay. I'll check that out. You do? Do you do the uh, paid searches on Google? So what? Uh, the paid searches on Google. You know how you can do a paid search so you show up on Google? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm working on, um, I was doing a running Google uh, ads myself, um, but I, I'm working right now with a lady. She's helping me kind of understand more about uh, running running Google, Google ads, and uh, she's kind of walking me through it before I uh, make my next ad, because I think the last one was not effective and I paid like, couple hundred bucks for the month and i got like no calls from google i'm like what so i'm now i'm working with a lady on the phone and she's kind of walking me through on how to be more uh, optimize my 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 ad more effective so it'd be more effective if you can get that help i highly recommend it because i know exactly how you feel i i felt like google was just taking my money to be honest Like yeah, they're just month. taking my. I was like, "What? The, what? The, what is it doing?" Five hundred dollars yeah. again. Yeah, and it's it, it's. I mean, it, it's working for some people. Maybe they have their 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 Google their Google campaign ads or whatever, like optimized. But because uh, I like you know, my cousin was like, "Hey man, I'm getting like all these calls from Google," and I'm like, "Man, dude, I need to get my I need to get my campaign all optimized and." So I'm not getting those type of calls from Google. You know, most of my leads are from, from Instagram. So I maybe maybe I'm missing out. I don't know. So I'm just trying to learn it. 
you know, I, I'd, I'd rather learn it and know it myself than pay someone to do it. And that's just, you know, that's just me. I agree. I agree. And then you do get to a point though, where you, you have to pay somebody cause you're, it's like too much for you to do. Right. If I get to the point where, you know, cause I don't get me wrong. I would love to be to the point where I'm just so busy. I just want to focus on treatments and then uh -huh. just have someone do all that for me. But right now, the reality is that, you know, I do have the time and I, so I, yeah. I, I put in the work and I do the research and I try to learn everything as, you know, as much as I can so that I can get to the point where I'm so busy to where, you know, I can be like, okay, I'll, I'll hire someone to take care of it now. I think that's effective time management. I think that's the smart way to do it. I think that's what most, because I think there's, there are people like you, and then there's probably people who do have the time, but are just too lazy, right? To actually do it or too afraid. It's a, it's a little intimidating. I mean, it's a lot of shit to learn. Yeah, it is. But you know, if you want to stay in business and have a successful business, you got to put in the work. And that's why, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm still here, you know, um, yeah, I put it, I, I eat, sleep, breathe S&P every day, all day, man. And it's, I know what it is. And it's, uh, following up with leads. It's, uh, you know, working on ads, working on content, trying to get 1% better every day. I love that. I love that. I really do. Cause, uh, I know you feel, I really do. Man, you, you're doing great though, Sal. So you should definitely be happy with the work that you're putting out. One, your content is good. It's effective enough to keep you going right now, right? And your work, the SMP work that you're actually doing on real people is great. And that to me is the most important thing. You create your content to get more people in. And I tell this to, to people, it doesn't matter if anyone uh, comments, likes, or anything on anybody's post. What matters is that there are people who are secretly watching your shit who want to say, hey, I want to get my hairline back. Those are the people that we're talking to. Those yeah. are the people that we want to help. Yeah. And that's why when, I, when I'm working on my clients, I know that we have people like that, you know, on the fence or they're looking at our work. And, and so that's why when I'm with the client, when I'm, when I'm working on a client, I give my best to each and every client and I take pride in my work, you know? And that's why I said, I said that even in my head, cause it's true. I take pride in my work and I give my best to each and every client. Why? Because I want to, I want them to have the best results and I want to push out the best work, you know, uh, to the highest standard in the industry. I want to be considered a top quality artist and that's, you know, and so I, I really, I really do uh, give my best and I, cause I know quality matters. I want, I want to put that type of quality. People can zoom in and see the details, you know, cause it's, it's all in the details. It is. I think you're on your way there. So I really do. I think you're on your way there. Um, another side, a sidebar, we're getting close to time. Your cousin, um, who did, who, who kind of got you in there, he has an SMP company as well, right? Yes. Is he in the same area as you? No, he's uh he's down he's down south. What's down? What like where San Diego? Like LA, like LA area. Oh, okay. Okay. I think I kind of met him when we were at the scalp show too, but I saw you he was in a couple he was in one of your videos that you had posted. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, my, my cousin Gabriel Barboza with Precise. That's my cousin. Yeah, precise, yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, precise. Yeah. Shout to Gabriel. What do you think is something that up and coming SMP artists underestimate when they're like, hey, I'm going to become an SMP artist. I'm going to get into this industry or I'm a barber. I'm going to get into this, whatever it is. What do you think they underestimate or that maybe even you underestimate it uh, that they should take a little bit more serious? You know, I, w- I would just say making sure that you perfect mixing your pigment consistent, stay consistent with, with everything that you do SMP related practice. If you don't have clients, continue to practice at home, practice on melons, whatever, fake skin, you know, just, just you got to get that pressure down. Uh, you want to be able to hit that sweet spot each time and, and make sure, make sure it ain't properly, you know, uh, because I see some of these, some of these pictures, man, and just a lot of blowouts, a lot of inconsistency. Um, the hair, like get those hairlines down, man. Cause some of those hairlines are brutal. Uh, I've been seeing, and they're just like, like, it's just, just crazy. It's just crazy to me. Uh, how some of these, I don't know, I don't even want to call them S&P artists, but some of these people that are really putting those kind of horrible hairlines out and just like blowouts and, and green dots and everything like that. I'm just, oh man, how could you do? <laughs> and I, like, I couldn't even do that if I tried. I know. Yeah, it's just I know. crazy. So I, if I you want to stay away you. from that, say, you want to stay away from doing that, I would say make sure that you perfect down your mixing. If you forget, you know, continue to practice your mixing, practice your, your depth control, things like that. And it's going to keep you away from blowouts and, and green dots and things like that and, and get those hairlines down. I agree. And I like that you said depth control, because I think that's one of the most important things. So, uh, Sal, we're going to wrap this up. Really great talking to you. Where can everybody find you? What's your, what's your uh, website, your Instagram, your TikTok? Lay it all out. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at RenewSMP. Uh, my website is uh, www.RenewSMP.com. And I'm also on Facebook and TikTok. It's RenewSMP. If you want to contact me, my phone number is uh, 1-800-501-8450. I got the official 1-800. Hey, and yeah, that's what's the is I went and got a, a, a business line. Because at first I was using my personal, everything was coming direct to me. And I was using that number for a long time uh, until I, I switched it over to a business line. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, same thing. I use call daddy. Uh, yeah. We call, yeah, call, call daddy. And it works great. I paid like 10 bucks a month and I, it's, I have two lines on my phone. It's pretty, it's very helpful. I, I know, I know what you mean. You don't want anyone calling you personal line. Sal, you are killing it. Anybody up in his area? What's the name of the city? Uh, Seaside. Seaside. Anybody in Seaside, California, near San Jose? Kind of. What's it, about two hours away? Yeah, about two hours. Yeah. Man, go see him at Renew SMP. Crushing it. He's absolutely crushing it. He's on the rise. He does great work. A very inspirational story. Seriously, Sal. I mean, did not expect to hear what you told me. And I'm so glad you were able to bounce back and, and figure that all out, get sober, and uh, really take control of your life. It's very inspiring. There's so many people who are suffering um, in silence with addiction and, and other trauma. And you are, you're an inspirational story. Thank you, brother. 
and also want to say thank you for your support on on Instagram, man. You know, you're one of the, you know, if not, you know, just one of the few artists that that really support me on there, and uh, you you leave me comments, and and so I just I just want to say thank you, and I appreciate you and your support. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, I'm not one of the people who sees a post and just keeps scrolling. I if I see it, I'll comment and like it. Um, but it, it, if I don't see it, I don't see it. That's really it. Uh, I just think, why not? Wait, it doesn't hurt. It takes me two seconds. You know, I'm supporting him. He supports me. You're doing a good job. Why not fucking like it? I'm, I like it. I like that you're winning. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, because I see, uh, see a lot of these artists, they look and uh, they look at mine, but they ain't, they ain't even know, showing no love, man. I'm like, okay, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah like, there's hey, a lot of that. Out, you put in that great work, man, and I, I support you. I, you know, I comment. You know, yeah, so. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's important that we we show love to other artists. Although, yep. now, some people might ask, well, are the other artists going to come in for a consultation? No, but so what? Why not help other people in the industry? Why not? Why not help them out? Right. It's strong. I, I mean, it, it's an industry. I think it's. I think it's a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's all support each other, you know, and help the industry grow. Completely agree. Sal, thank you, and I want to, and I hope you keep growing. I really do, man. Thank you for coming on. Come on, <laughs>